You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we are flying through the music galaxy at a pace never seen before by humankind. I'll be your pilot today. My name is Crazy Pants, a.k.a. Dimitri Vitsa. I'm also the founder and CEO of music tech PR firm Rock Paper Scissors. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, I know you have your helmet and seatbelt on, and we are seeing explosive transformations throughout this space of music. And today, as we are just days away from the annual Music Tectonics Conference, we're going to do a flyby of a supernova of music tech. Supernovas are superstars in their own right, and they are also top sponsors at our Music Tectonics Conference. In fact, today's supernova offers a great place for us to park our podcast spaceship because the, the company we're talking to is Lander. Allow me to introduce Pascal Pilon, founder and CEO. How are you doing today, Pascal? I'm good. Yourself? I'm great. Great to have you here. And joined with you is uh, Daniel Rowland, the Oscar-winning, Grammy-nominated engineer, producer, head of strategy and partnerships at Lander. Hey, Daniel. Hey, what's going on, Dimitri? Good to have you. Welcome to the show, both of you. Um, pretty cool. We've got Montreal in the house. We've got uh, Hollywood in the house. Um, you guys have all bases covered, don't you? <laughs> we do. We hope we do. <laughs> yes. So let's, let's start with you, Pascal. We'll ask you a few questions. Tell us about the origin of Lander. Well, I'm a software entrepreneur for over 20 years, and uh, in 2012, I came across uh, a guy called Stuart Mansbridge, who was a researcher at Queen Mary University in London. And uh, funny enough, that university had started to work on automatic mixing and mastering back in 2007. And uh, in 2013, uh, we made a deal with that university to transfer all of the IP from those inventions and get shares out of Lander from uh, in exchange for that and we started with this and along with Stuart Mansbridge and another co-founder of us uh, Justin Evans we uh, worked on the product and decided to focus on mastering and we launched that in uh, in April 2013 so it's already over eight years now wow and that that kind of exploded right you guys really kind of um introduced this idea of automated mastering and and it seems like the music creator community really embraced it it's uh, at first we really thought that only the beginners and the early music makers would be adopting it. But uh, soon after that, a few DJs came to us and said, hey, it is so cool as we're trying to like uh, prepare our mixtape for tonight. We can really master the last minute changes that we make and it's ready for that. And we realized that the pros were also looking for that instantaneous result. So uh, so from a few hundred users that we gather in the first month after launch, uh, we, we now have over 4.2 million registered users on Lander. So it's a, it's a global phenomenon across uh, countries and languages. I mean, everybody needs to have uh, great sounding music and get the economics of making music, I, I'd say more affordable, right? It's, it's not everybody earns that much money from every title that they release. And that's what Lander has been able to rebalance, I would say. Nice. Yeah. So I think probably a lot of our listeners knew about this story of the, the, the mastering service that you guys have offered and introduced and that it grew like crazy. How have things for Lander evolved since then? Well, you know, I'm a perfectionist, uh, I'm a perfectionist at art. So uh, I am always looking to make, to, to seek improvement on anything we do. So our team of sound engineers and the artists that we deliver things to 
have kept on giving us like indication of how we could improve our sound. So we never stopped. So for eight years, and we keep on doing that, there's over 10 people continuously trying to improve the key mastering product that Lander has established. But realizing that when people master music over one time out of three, uh, the song itself is to be released on streaming services, uh, we have decided a few years back to offer distribution to our users. And now we are one of the most popular places to distribute music for independent artists. From there, uh, we also wanted to, I would say, give more tools to the music creators to be able to have, I'd say, more tools, more arsenal for them to create. So we launched a sample subscription marketplace by curating over a million sound from the top uh, sample labels out there. And uh, we're expanding that. Uh, we've been expanding that for the last two years, and that's been that's been very, uh, I would say, rewarding for us because it gets us closer to the artist, which is like, it, it's kind of fun when you try to offer value to, to artists to enable them to earn revenues from you as well on your service. And of course, you probably uh, saw in the recent year that we've been launching collaboration tools and network tools that basically, again, enable those same artists to offer their services and their content through the lender platform to their customer base or to new customers that be that be that they'd be looking to find uh, using the lender tools out there. Are you able to talk a little bit more about that, that kind of the, the networking component where people are, are collaborating with each other? Yeah, well, you know, uh, and Daniel and I have been talking about that for years, but there's so many limitations for music, music creators today when it comes to the time to work from a distance. So obviously with the confinement and the COVID crisis, uh, you know, working remotely has been an issue. And as much as Zoom has been popular, it's very cumbersome for people to manage to get high resolution sounds when they're trying to deal with one another. And, you know, there's some limitation, limitations still today with latencies, but you can do a lot. You can still do a lot of work working remotely through a tool that we released that's called Lander Sessions. And not only does Sessions enable you to do video chat in high-resolution audio, and every participant can stream their high-res audio right from their DAW. So that's really agnostic from the people don't need to use the same DAW to be able to collaborate. That's for one. And we're also releasing now a video messaging tool that goes with that where people can really collaborate, but asynchronously so that they don't, in fact, need to be face-to-face -to, -face to collaborate. This is just like so easy to explain what needs to be done on a song or what you're looking to get from the other party when you can say that with words and visuals and, in fact, your screen. So it's that's a big deal for us. Uh, and there's many other things. Obviously, samples we keep on curating and enlarging the, the catalog per se and improving the workflows. Uh, something people don't know so much about Lander Network is it's it's not only a place where you can find professionals. I mean, even for people who are already offering their services through SoundBetter or Fiverr, people can use Lander just to feature themselves and deliver their services to other parties in an environment that really supports trust and getting put, paid every time, all the time. So it's really, really done so that it's kind of the Airbnb, if you will, of, uh, of music. Uh, freelancing, I would say. On top of that, uh, we released uh, Vocaline uh, new generation from the acquisition we made last summer of Synchro Arts, which is like a market leader in, in vocal production. Um, we are uh, gradually uh, getting new partners to embed our mastering APIs. So we're relaunching a complete 
uh, and very, I would say, flexible uh, mastering API to the music ecosystem so that more people can offer Lander to their uh, user base. And uh, we're also going into the immersive formats. So uh, it's really something that we embrace. As you know, we've got Sony as one of our shareholders, and they've been uh, discussing with us about uh, the new formats that they're getting involved with. So that really opened our eyes and our inspiring us to start to play a role in the immersive field and the impact it has on uh, ohm stereo systems. Wow. So it's really interesting going from your origin story of finding this one kind of technology, this innovation that you thought would help kind of create more access to, to, to mastering and, and lower the cost of getting music out to the commercial marketplace was like this one little section very close to the end of the, of the workflow, the almost not quite the last mile, but the mile before the last mile of, pu- of putting music out, right? And then from there, you're like, well, let's finish the last mile. So you added the distribution co- component, which is very logical at that point. But now you're going back earlier and earlier into the process, um, w- starting with samples and then fleshing it out with this ability for um, people to collaborate with each other, either through these video and, and um, uh, browser and online tools to, to work together, or this network where you could actually find each other, sell services along the way or buy services along the way towards contributing. So it's like really fattening out this kind of stack of, of uh, opportunities within that workflow. Did I get it right? Exactly that. I mean, it's really a workflow thing. I'm a, I'm a software engineer by trade. And uh, I guess most software engineers are obsessed by the removal of friction into the user experience when using something. So we, so there's a famous book that came 20 years ago that's called Crossing the Chasm that basically says this. When you go and after a second product, after a first successful product, you either start selling a second type of product to the existing customers that you have, or the same product, but to another segment of the market. And that's what we do all the time and every time. So the natural thing for us is to stay close to what we're already doing. So we've been expanding upstream and downstream very systematically. And then, I mean, we study and listen to our users to understand what can we do to make their life easier. And and that's what we're doing. I mean, Lander is all about removing complexity in music creation, it's all about saying, you know what, creativity is really at the center of this. So can we do anything so that you can focus on that specific thing? And we've been doing that for eight years and there's still a lot of work to be done there. Awesome, okay. Are there any other emerging features that you're ready to talk about that we should mention now? (laughs) There's tons of those, but uh, let me talk about one that we've uh, been releasing uh, recently and that keeps on improving. It's called Lander Revisions. So it goes on top of Lander Master. So as you know, with Lander Masters, we try to give the experience of a a master engineer delivering a few versions of professional grade masters to the artists that are demanding it. And then artists can just pick what they like and they they know that this is gonna be sounding great anywhere they go. But with Lander Revision, we then ask them to say, hey, considering the master that we delivered to you is of professional grade, is there any slight variations into, I mean, the sound stage you'd like to get or the emphasis that there should be on certain instruments and whatnot so that professional customers who are very demanding and specific on their requests can gain the feel of what would be like advanced controls, but in a way that doesn't require them to know any technical thing. They need to be professional listeners, if you will, to be very specific and critical about what they're looking for. 
and it gives them even more precision and achievement of their sonic vision when they come to Lander for a master. And, and we, we hear a lot about our label customers who are gradually adopting this. And I really think this is the future of mastering, this whole idea of getting a master of great quality and then engaging into a conversation with the customers per se without being technical to say, okay, what listening experience would you like to shape and how different should it be from what we're offering you today so that, again, this is this can be adopted and leveraged by more artists across the world. Very cool. All right, look, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to dig in a little bit more to who the users are of Lander. We'll be right back. Hey, Crazy Pants here. We had such a blast on Monday at the Shock Before the Quake, the Music Tectonics pre-conference, and we had the first part of Swimming with Narwhals. That is our music tech uh, startup competition presented with BandLab. And uh, we had the semifinal in Daggy World, the Metaverse platform. And I wanted to let you know, if you missed it, we have our four finalists selected. So I want to shout out and give congratulations to Jeff Sloan with FanLabel, Shim Dongman with Playhead and his app Timber, Karen Allen with Infinite Album, and Zan Schwinn with the Coral Hub. These are the four startups that'll be competing at the Music Tectonics Conference. Make sure to get your tickets right away. All right, we are back talking with Pascal from Lander. We're going to get Daniel into the conversation shortly. Pascal, before we move on to Daniel, I'm curious, if you had to identify a handful of categories of users, how would you describe who uses Lander? Well, of course, we're very broad in uh, the offering of Lander. So there's a lot of emerging producers out there, and they are the core of our users. They typically are the ones who are ambitious about getting great-sounding results, but they don't necessarily have the economics to support their financing uh, requirements. So with Lander, they really find the quality they deserve, and they don't necessarily seek the ability to customize their work, right? They want to sound pro, and they're already focusing on creation. So those emerging producers... Uh, found in Lander uh, ways to go faster and reduce the learning curve. Then, of course, the pros, uh, including labels, they're very important for Lander. Uh, they're much smaller in number because that's that's the population of labels and pros. They're not as numerous, but they really complement their mixing workflows using Lander. It's not that well known, but a lot of the mixing engineers and producers out there are finishing their songs by using Lander Masters. They don't need to say it, and they don't. But but you know what? It gives them way more time to spend on the mixing stage, and and we've been spending years of getting their feedback. And and the new workflow for producers and mixing engineers nowadays is to do their 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 mix down version of their song, render it through Lander mastering, listen to it, revisit their mix once again, and do that three to four times until they find the right conversion of their mix in the way it gets mastered on Lander. So people are really capable of getting exactly what they're looking for using that. And it enables the mixing engineers and the producers to be able to finish their song anytime they want, anytime they put their attention to it, they can finish that song. And that that speed is really a good match for today's uh, streaming services. Got it. Okay, cool. Let's get a little more specific. Daniel, maybe you can share with us uh, maybe two or three specific users and how they're using Lander, maybe what success they've had, just to give us a little more color and anecdotes to, to the, the stuff that Pascal was just talking about. Sure, of course. I mean, it's it's a pretty eclectic group. He, he Pascal, you know, already mentioned that we have labels that use the automated side, Lander Mastering specifically. 
for projects. But yeah, we've got a, a ton of users. You know, on the mastering side of things, it ranges from we have a big support in the hip hop and and electronic music community. Uh, a, a guy, a producer, Marlon with the glasses, who we just finished a project with for the artist D Smoke, whose album just came out. He works with Ty Dollar Sign, YG, George Clinton, all that. Some really really cool projects. He used Lander. He's probably our one of our biggest users on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tracks over the years. He's been with us for quite some time. Um, to you know, to the other side of the spectrum, uh, uh, Sasha Shabin, who's a film composer and orchestrator for you know Guardians of the Galaxy, Get Out. Just had the number three movie on Netflix a month ago, Aftermath, and that was mastered entirely entirely with Lander. Excuse me. So um, it really runs the gamut. And then you know, because we have so many different products. Some people use all of them. Some people use a subsection. The, the remote collaboration tools Pascal was talking about. Uh, just this past week, Baines, who's a multi-platinum uh, mix engineer for Young Thug and others, was was using it with the weekend on on uh, the latest project for him. Um, so it really really runs the gamut. And of course, Synchro Arts; those products are used by everyone, uh, you know, pretty much that's in production. So yeah, we're lucky to have a, a really strong, engaged user base from you know beginners all the way through kind of the top tier of the industry. As as your network tool evolves, I could really see the the an interesting evolution. I mean, Pascal described some some really intriguing use cases, maybe some of which were unexpected for how people are engaging with mastering. Because once you bring the cost and the time and the efficiency down uh, to to a place where it's just like, yeah, you can do it twenty four seven. You can try different things out. You you can A B test, do all these types of things. Then all of a sudden. You, you can have different types of conversations and, and maybe mastering engineers will also use it, but then tweak tweak certain things on their own just based on what they heard in sort of a test run or, or something like that. I could just imagine a lot of weird like crossover between using some automated tools, but then engaging with a professional through that network. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of mastering engineers I know, they get reference mixes from their clients that were mastered by Lander that they use as kind of a target to, you know, Lander, we traditionally think about mastering as the you know the last stage before you release music, and we've kind of helped redefine that to encompass any form of enhancement of any source, whether it's the final the, the classic definition of mastering, or it's you know mastering a beat, or some people use it on vocals, or you know it's just it's really all over the place. It's been exciting to watch how the community has adopted what we've done and applied it in various ways to their creative process. Well, you know, that, that makes me kind of want you, I want to ask you a, a broader question, Daniel, about how has music creation evolved in even, say, the past 18 months? Obviously, this last year, two years or so have been very unique for all aspects of society, but certainly in music, too. How is that impacting what you're building and, and what have you seen people doing differently in, in music creation just in this last period? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's the, obviously one of the the big thing that's changed in the past year and a half or so is the the need for more simple but robust remote collaboration tools, right? So the ability to not just collaborate in real time remotely because that there is that is cool, but also to asynchronously in an offline fashion manage files and projects and, and document conversations and then jump in real time. So you know we definitely stepped into that with our, our projects uh, tool in our in our sessions. Uh, real-time remote collaboration solution, but you see it as a is a need across the industry for something that you know people don't want to cobble together four different products to try to do one thing, right? So who can step in and make something that's simple that kind of addresses all of those concerns I just mentioned? And so we've we've definitely noticed that in the in, in the industry and have, have tried to to meet people where they are in regards to that. And you know another side of things is everyone. 
yeah, given the challenges of the past 18 months, particularly when it comes to things like touring, you know, people want to future proof themselves against this happening again. So really people wanting to diversify their income uh, in the industry, whether that's, you know, of course, releasing music, but also selling samples or live streaming or, you know, releasing immersive mixes, right? Different versions of content that they already have, NFTs, all of that kind of stuff. So we've uh, we've definitely seen an uptick in the interest for for samples, and we're providing various avenues for that going forward. Even uh, you know, looking at the licensing of stems and in, in components from broader recordings, um, and you know, a lot of our tools can be used for live streaming as well. So uh, yeah, it's 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 been interesting. There's a lot of exciting technology that's grown over the past 18 months, and really has got a spotlight put on it in a way that I'm not sure it would have had we not gone through this kind of unfortunate period of time. But there is good things coming out of it. Yeah. Pascal, have you seen other things in the music creation space that, uh, that, that's been unique to the, the last couple of years? Well, I mean, people have been trying, obviously live streaming is a big deal, right? So you saw, you saw DJs doing like all nighters for fundraisers, like, uh, true beatport leadership and so forth. And then people were doing live shows and, you know, we both, uh, we all tried those live stream shows, and but the real thing is like the, the energy that comes from being into a room where there's full of other people like dancing and living the actual moment is something that cannot really be replaced. So uh, I would say that we see we see remote collaboration and those type of tools as a complement to the real deal. And uh, and as Daniel says, I think it's important to think ahead and have like a, t- a contingency plan. So. So we do think that those things are there to stay. And hopefully as latency goes down uh, with 5G and the investments in the telecom infrastructure, uh, people might be able to jam from a distance even more so. But, but to me, the ultimate music experience is really attending a live concert with real artists in front and that energy that you can consume when everybody is enjoying the same thing at the same time, that complicity of a crowd that's unique, and that's that's all something that we're uh, we've been missing, and that hasn't been replaced. Cool, Daniel. Let's go back to you. What I'm curious if we broaden out, what other trends or companies are you excited about in the music tech space right now? Oh wow! So this could be a long conversation, but we'll, I love you know, it. We've got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I know you're just, just so neck deep in this space as well. There's so much interesting stuff going on, as I was saying. I mean, you know, it's it's nice to see really the advancement of you know, source separation technology over the past couple of years. Audio Shake is a company that I've been chatting with quite a bit and, and following quite closely that have really advanced this, the, the sound quality of pulling, you know, drums, vocals, bass, et cetera, out of a, a stereo mix so that you can repurpose those for other things. So I think that that's super cool. Um, Synchro Arts, obviously, is a company that we've, I've been following and in love and we, you know, Lander acquired them recently, but they, you know, they're a company that's been around for, 25 years, but really accelerated their development in the past year and started to update and, and release, you know, evolved versions of products that are kind of classics in the industry when it comes to vocal alignment, vocal tuning and, and things like that, really unique tools for fixing uh, problems that we all face in the industry. And, you know, yeah, we could go on forever. Obviously, the NFT space exploded during, uh, you know, during the past eight to two years, 18 months, something like that. So that's been in- intriguing as well to see again, how people are putting out solutions for artists to monetize what they do outside of their traditional ecosystem. So yeah, all that stuff is, is amazing. 
Yeah, um, it's interesting. I, I kind of want to dig in a little bit on the on the stem separation you were you were talking about. I, I I I'm curious what your your perspective is when when I first saw it emerging at our our first music tectonics conference back in 2019. There's some interesting sort of like end user experiences that were based on stems. And, and we saw a, a, re- a big release this year as well, where it was almost like uh, an artist released a musical instrument that was basically where you can play with the stems yourself and, and remix stuff. Um, is Do you think there's real potential for that? Or is it really more on the kind of on the producer kind of B2B side in a sense where, where people can can um, create new um, new iterations of a song or variations of a song or, or uh, almost like a, a, a remix type experience where is the potential for this whole stem separation thing yeah it's a great question i mean i think people have tried over the years right to release whether it's an app form or, or however more consumer facing remix type things where there was you know early nine inch nail stuff or whatever where you could kind of take and manipulate and kind of see inside the artist's vision and i think that's cool but it hasn't really been done at scale in a way that's that's engaged a lot of people and has been repeatable across a number of artists. So, you know, I think initially it's the producer side of things is where it makes a ton of sense, right? Where you can, um, you know, repurpose content that you're familiar with or that you like from a, a recording uh, for 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 various other things. And again, what's really interesting in that is is the the IP considerations around that, right? Does the initial artist share and then revenue of any derivative work from that? I think. It really, it's cool on both sides of the fence, both for the artists, you know, I think for a long time, people thought, oh, the artist is giving away, giving something up by letting people have access to their stems. And while they are, they're really just promoting the work that that stem is attached to while then making money on derivative works. And it's really empowering the creative community to engage with that artist in a new way. So I think that's where it starts. And then you can totally expand it more broadly to the the consumer market as a whole. Well, and even if we broaden out to samples in general, um, it really speaks to this blurring of the lines between who's the artist and creator and who's the audience and creator. <laughs> and that seems like uh, kind of the sweet spot of where you guys exist in a way. I mean, I still my sense is that Lander is still attracting serious uh, musical artists like they're they they see themselves as building a career um, I mean obviously you've got tons of professionals you've mentioned labels and producers who you know are, are, are or, or even film you know film audio folks that are that are doing stuff with Lander so I'm not saying that it's only this but it's it seems like even the folks that are aspirational in their mind they're actually their their career direction is they want to make music they want to release music commercially right um but you're also making the tools more accessible so that pool inherently is bigger because they don't necessarily have to learn all the same old tricks technical tricks of the trade they're sort of like piecing some of these automated tools together they're building a network a team of of engineers producers collaborators vocalists whoever it is they can find through lander uh, as well so it's I'm just curious to hear you talk a little bit about like, is this an endless market? Are fans now creators and, 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 and it never stops from there? Well, I mean, they are. And, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is going to make a living, right, financially off of the, the music or whatever content that they create, right? We know there's not necessarily room for everybody to in that sense. But yeah, I mean, I think we're, we are, the industry is heading towards a place where everyone is empowered to be a creator in whatever the way they define that. And, you know, that's one of the things that makes Lander, com- in, at least in my mind, completely unique is that, you know, we do provide an end-to-end platform where we meet you right at the beginning of your dream, you know, your of, 
of a creative journey before you even have a song and kind of can shepherd you if you choose all the way through distribution, monetization and beyond that. So professionals might fall somewhere in that, you know, in that path. Maybe they don't need everything. But for a beginner, instead of trying to piece together their journey, they can come to one place. And yes, they may then evolve and, and, you know, of course, pick and choose other tools and services outside of Lander. But there is a place they can go to get started. And that's really a big part of the spirit of the company. Awesome. Yeah. Super fun. Oh, go ahead, Pascal. Well, if you take, uh, I like to use metaphors to express these things. If you look at, let's say, literature or photography, I mean, everybody knows how to write. Everybody can take an iPhone to take a picture, right? So what do we do with that? I mean, I can write sentences. I can communicate things. I can share things on social media. It doesn't make me a novelist. It doesn't make me a bestseller. And, you know, and, and, and yet people are thinking, yeah, why well, we don't need that many people to create music. You know what? Music is a, is a mean of expression. And that's the only thing that matters. The economics of this, there's going to be a broad spectrum of outcomes, but it's like any other form of human expression, and it shouldn't be limited by anything. And that's why we're super motivated, because we think that there's a reward even for the person who can create a beat and share that with 20 friends, and their friends find that it's pretty cool. Well, perfect. That's good enough. I mean, people don't know that, but within Lander, over two thirds of our employees are, you know, serious music makers. And and still, they use a tool that we have created that exists out there called Creator that enables people to create a beat without even trying to use a DAW. So it's all embedded within Creator. You can combine up to eight samples to create a beat, right? And so we have a Slack channel uh, within Lander where people create beats and post it to others. And we find it cool, right? And there's nothing there but just the fun of making a beat. And that's kind of my, my, that's kind of my point, you know. Entertaining oneself has very little to do with making money. And music really has that potential as well for the, the casual creators out there. Love it. I love it. We've seen this, uh, this, these new forms of art emerge on TikTok and YouTube where it's all about video and it, it could be skits, it could be comedy, it could be dance moves. And now uh, my, my, my college age daughter brings home recipes that she finds on TikTok. I'm like, wait, how do you follow a recipe on TikTok? I don't understand. And, and it really does require playing it over and over again to find the ingredients. But we haven't seen as much in the music space where, it, where every, your everyday person is saying, oh, I'm going to express myself through music. And this is, a, this is a great nut to crack. I'm excited to see all the folks coming to Music Tectonics that are in this world of sort of like, how do we bring musical creativity out to more and more people? And I love, Pascal, that you're saying it's not necessarily about the, what, what the commercial potential is. It's just about the human potential, right? It's just about um, everybody having that ability to experience it. Um, so that that's super exciting. Well, cool. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get even crazier. We're going to go sci-fi. We'll be right back. When the pandemic hit, we weren't quite sure what to do about the Music Tectonics Conference this year. And so early on, we were just trying to think with so many unpredictable things, with so much uncertainty, whether it was masks or vaccines or um, variants or boosters, what could we offer to the Music Tectonics community this year that would be a sure thing. And so we decided to do a hybrid model. 
And what that means is most of our conference this year is online. We're using Hopin, which was very popular last year with its great speed networking and ease of use and navigation. And we're also using Deggy World, the metaverse platform, which some of you joined just this past Monday for our Shock Before the Quake uh, music tectonics pre-conference which was awesome and amazing but we know that some of you are really wanting to be in person so we also have on november 2nd a in-person meetup set of events starting at 12 p.m pacific until about four we are taking over the carousel at the santa monica pier so if you've got a ticket to music tectonics online you also have the option to come in la however you need to rsvp so if you've registered check your email and make sure you hit the rsvp so we can have a set of the new edition of the seismic shift trading cards with five new cards about seismic shifts that have happened over the last couple of years. We'll be at the carousel from 12 to 4. VIPs will head over to a nearby rooftop venue at 3 and at 4 o'clock. Everyone else will come into that rooftop venue from about 4 to 7. Come to Santa Monica on November 2nd, but make sure to RSVP. Look forward to seeing you online October 25th through 27th. And if you can make it November 2nd, hit the RSVP email. Thanks. Okay, we are back, and like we like to do on the Music Tectonics Conference, I kicked off letting you know we're in a spaceship taking a little trip past the supernova lander. Let's get sci-fi! What does your ideal future look like for music making and the music industry in five to ten years? Pascal, we started to paint that picture right before the break, but let's get crazy here. Where could things really go? I think it's all about artistic empowerment. It's We talked about creativity and obviously removing some of the hurdles for people to create. Music is a big deal. But when you think about that, when we started Lander, I saw that one of the major distributors out there was averaging about $180 of revenues per release that was done through its service. When you think about the cost of producing a song and distributing that song, it makes that over 95% of people releasing a song are losing money in the venture, right? So I really, really think that empowering the artists so that the risk, the economical risk is outside of the equation and there's a better alignment between the production tools and the economics of making money out of music are better. Uh, and, and you know what? It's going to happen in a number of ways. I talked about the simplicity and the production cost uh, being improved. Uh, but about collaboration, I mean, if uh, if Drake wants to collaborate with Jay-Z, it's easy, you know, it's from, from manager to one another. But uh, we see the future of music making and collaboration a little bit like uh, how Tinder works, a way by which people can easily find people that are a good match in obvious ways. And right, it's not on the looks that you, that you find a great collaborator in music. It's more about the DNA of the music you, you create it's the it's the affinities in terms of moods, in terms of genres, in terms of you know perspective on the industry and so forth. And that's the type of thing that Lander is investing in, making collaboration easier, but also finding collaborators being easier to find. Um, there's a there's a nice trend that I've seen also over the last few years, seeing social media starting to pay significant licensing deals to the the the, the license owners. I really like seeing that. I saw recently Twitch signing a deal on this we saw roblox and we're, see, we're seeing more and more games who are licensing music content and that's something that i think is really important music licensing as much as we talk about that for years i think we're really starting to get unblocked and i think music you know music is really driving passions and when passions exist people are, re are, are willing to pay 
So I find it important that when music drives that passion, that musicians really get a piece of, of the equation. Too long have we've seen radio stations uh, sharing like high quality music and getting giving peanuts to the writers and even to the master recording artists out there. And I think this is changing and that's the beauty of streaming services. People say that streaming services are paying much less than recorded artists. But when you think about that, they're paying much more than radio stations to the creators. So I think the trends are a better alignment between the value and the excitement generated from music and how much it gets paid into. And, you know, I find it sci-fi because you need to align the interest of so many different participants. And the only way to do that, I think, is through decentralized platforms. And I really think that Lander is on the verge of doing that. But other platforms like Patreon and and all of these other tools that empower creators to self-serve and go to market and act as entrepreneurs, they're really multiplying themselves. And that's that's the future of it. It's really, really empowerment of the artist. And I'm really passionate about that. And we are all at Lander. It's and it's more than uh, it's more than sci-fi. I I really think that in five years, put it ten years, it's gonna be a very different world. Awesome. Daniel, do you want to get sci-fi for us for a minute? I know you I, I follow you on LinkedIn, so I see you're posting really cool stuff all the time and you're you're kind of like um you're like an omnivore for anything audio and music and sound. You're like soaking it all in. I mean, you mentioned NFTs earlier, but I've seen you post about all sorts of stuff. Is there anything that that you're envisioning for your sci-fi vision for 5 or 10 years from now? Oh man, I don't even know. I think Pascal pretty much covered it. But you know, <laughs> like the decentralization of of you know, not just creation, but release, you know, I love companies like Audius as an example. Um, and you look at what, you know, what one of is about to do when it comes to the NFT space of empowering creators or async music and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's it, that side of things. I mean, I, I love the idea of AI powered creation tools as well. So not things that replace creativity, but things that are assistance and enhance, you know, or inspire, honestly, that's, I think that's probably the area as a producer, I'm the most interested in because I use some of those tools now and they really, they really are assistive to me. But ultimately, it's also about how are you getting the content that you make out there to the people that you want to hear it. And I think we have some, you know, obviously, there's a traditional path of doing that. But again, in the past 18 months, as we discussed, so many uh, things have gotten a spotlight, uh, you know, company services that are really going to blow up in the next, not even probably five years. I mean, we say sci-fi right now, but I feel like we're already living five years in the future because of uh, because of what's happened over the past 18 months. You know what I mean? Things have accelerated at such a crazy rate. And I feel like we're already there. That's a really good point. It really has accelerated. It's been, I mean, you know, painful to live through all of this, the roller coaster ride of uncertainty and, of course, any, any health-related things that people have faced, but also business-related things that people have faced, especially brick and mortar. But it, it, certainly on the digital music side, it has been accelerating. I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon either, Like, I, regardless of what happens with, with COVID variants or, or vaccines or anything else. It seems like We've we, like we kind of we had that hump. I mean, Pascal referred to like the, the licensing issues. We had that hump that it took us a while to get to a place where that started to really get unlocked. It's unlocked now. You, it's not going back. You know what I mean? Like now that music is fully digital, the distribution mechanisms and so forth, there's so much creativity that's happening both on the creation side. But like you said, Daniel, like on the on the consumption side, too, on, on how people are getting stuff. If you look at all the verticals that music is going into, you guys mentioned gaming and social media, but 
also things like fitness and healthcare. It just makes your mind kind of just like boggle with with what the possibilities are. This has been an absolute blast. I'm looking forward, Pascal. You're going to be doing a lightning talk at Music Tectonics. You're also going to be on a panel specifically about monetizing um, the new opportunities with stems and samples. So I'm excited to to hear those. And your passion on this conversation is really shining through. Really make me excited to hear your lightning talk at Music Tectonics. What are you hoping to get out of the conference this year, Pascal? Oh, man, I'd say the, 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 the in-person meeting in L.A., it's a good reason for me to just like get away from winter that's arriving in Montreal as a first step. Yes. Um, jokes, aside, jokes aside, I'm looking forward to stimulating conversations. I mean, there's, there's, uh, it's, it's always exciting to attend and to be like, uh, just like sharing ideas. And new ideas are just like the convergence and addition of ideas. So I'm, I'm looking to get that stimulation and warmness from other participants. On top of that, I'm looking forward to partnership ideas and maybe ways to improve value and get closer to that sci-fi vision of that we mentioned earlier on. And uh, and you know another thing that's really uh, that's really something that that lender we've been discussing for years is you know when you when you come to life with a product that becomes very popular, people seem to underestimate or I would say uh, not realize the the breadth of the offering that we have. So we're looking to spread the word so that people realize that each of our product offering like is market leading and is of the utmost quality. I think we have, you know, at Lander, we operate with the dedicated squads. So every product has its own team and they're working together, but at the same time, they're really think, trying to become the best of their class. And it's, uh, I'm looking forward to to meet our peers back there, and uh, of course uh, Daniel Roland, uh, which resides in LA and uh, drives what we call the Lander House in uh, in West Hollywood, uh, is going to be hosting us, and hopefully we can gather a few friends there, and uh, hopefully Dimitri, you'll be able to join us. Yes, let's do it. This is exciting. Yeah, we're we're trying to push the limits of what we can do online, but then we're like, but some people just want to see each other. So we're taking over the Santa Monica Carousel at Santa Monica Pier. It'll be near the beach, so you get a nice breeze for the fresh, clean, COVID-free air, we hope. Um, we'll have the deck outside. We'll have a nearby rooftop venue that we can go to as well, also with some fresh air. And yeah, we'll have to make our way over to West Hollywood to see where Daniel's doing his magic as well. Pascal, Daniel, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for supporting Tech and for coming on the podcast. Can't wait to see you online in the metaverse and in person. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dimitri. Thanks, Dimitri. Thanks for listening to Music Tectonics. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We have new episodes for you every week. Did you know you can dig deeper into all our episodes with the show notes at musictectonics.com. While you're there, look for the latest about our annual conference, sign up for our newsletter to get updates, or get the Music Tectonics app for music tech news. Everything we do explores seismic shifts that shake up music and technology the way the Earth's tectonic plates cause quakes and make mountains. Connect with Music Tectonics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and find me, Dimitri Vitsa, if you can spell it, on LinkedIn. Bye-bye! You're listening to Music Tectonics.